Are you looking for your first internship or job, or maybe the next step in your career? Welcome to Top of the Pile, the podcast that explores all things career for 20-somethings. I'm Karen Elders with Launch Career Strategies, and I'll be your host. Let's get started. Okay, hello. Welcome back to Top of the Pile. Um, Today, we are shifting gears to the insurance industry, and my guest today is Colin Hauck. Colin is currently SVP of Employee Engagement and Experience for Pure Insurance. Colin has spent over 11 years with Pure, and actually, I think it's been over 12 years now. And prior to his current role, Colin was director and then vice president of HR, helping lead in all areas of the HR function, including HR hiring, development, benefits, compensation, and of course, employee engagement. Prior to Pure, Colin helped lead talent acquisition and development for companies in the digital and tech spaces, including Yodel, Viviki, and Zenith. Colin holds a bachelor's degree from the University of New Hampshire and a master's certification in human resources from Cornell University. Um, I'm so excited to have Colin on and hear from someone who has actually sat on the side of the hiring desk from the corporate side, company side. Um, and learn about the insurance space as a career path. And we'll obviously get a double dip to get a sense of a path in the HR space as well. So welcome, Colin. Glad to be here. Awesome. So, all right, let's jump in. Um, So in my years working as an executive recruiter and executive search, my main point of contact was the HR staff at a company, obviously the hiring managers as as well that worked in the department we were hiring for. But I always found it to be such... HR to be such an interesting, critical, central part of a company. And now it's referred often to the people team or the people group, which is obviously more clear about what it does. But I, you know, I'm curious what attracted you to a career in the HR space. Sure, sure. Happy to share that, Ken. I'm glad to be here. So yeah, I, you know, I guess for starters, um, maybe I'll go way a little bit further back, even pre um, my HR world. Um, because I think, um, you know, I started out in operations, you know, right after college, graduating with a degree um, in business administration with a hospitality major. I started in the hotel and restaurant business uh, on the operations side. And so from the from a very early point in my career, I was I was um, interested and excited to work with people, um, even more so in the hospitality field. So um, it was approximately, I think, 1998, where um, I was working for Marriott uh, Corporation in New York City. I was working actually at the Renaissance uh, Hotel in Times Square as the food and beverage director. Um, I was chatting with a, a friend uh, over the weekend, and it was kind of at the beginning of the height of the dot-com bubble. And uh, as I chatted with him, he had he had taken a job, this friend of mine with a tech startup. He had kind of expressed to me um, the growth potential in tech and specifically in technology recruiting, connecting with another another uh, ex-colleague who was working for a software company. And um, he introduced me to come and interview with his company. They were looking for a, a head of technology recruiting. I had no technology recruiting experience, but I think it was such a... Um, it was a such a popular um, position to fill, and there weren't enough recruiters fill the positions to hire for these tech startups. That they were just they were looking for people who had good communication skills, 
um, good research skills, could connect with people. And so that's kind of how I made the transition over to kind of, I guess, the HR world, um, so to speak, was really on the talent acquisition side. And so I kind of cut my teeth um, in technology recruiting, which is really interesting and odd in some ways going from hospitality, you know, restaurant to technology recruiting. It was really a, more of a uh, transactional career, like transactional position that's, you know, you had jobs to fill and you interviewed candidates and hired. You had, um, you know, benefits to administer. You had payroll to run. And I think the good news is over the past 20 years, 15 or 20 years, HR has really transitioned into a strategic uh, area uh, in an organization because, thank goodness, companies have realized and leaders have realized that people are the key ingredient to your success and to engagement in an organization and ultimately to um, better business results and, and profits. And I think that wasn't the case necessarily 20 or 25 years ago. It was a little bit of a separation of church and state and leaders and HR professionals just didn't really understand the connection. So I think that's a good, that's a good thing. And I think COVID really uh, jolted a lot of companies into really taking a look at how um, they support their employees beyond just pencils and pens, which is a bad example, in digital age, um, beyond uh, giving them a laptop and, and all the supplies they need and, and their paycheck. So you've been through HR, like then you have moved into the insurance industry and, and being at Pure, um, which has an amazing reputation as a company. Tell me about Pure and what, you know, kind of attracted you there as, uh, as a company. Sure. So Pure is a um, what's considered a uh, high net worth property and casualty insurance carrier. Um, I was fortunate enough, 12, actually it's 12 years ago, to, uh, to interview and then be hired for the head of HR job at Pure. At that point, Pure was just 70 or 75 employees. Um, to date, we're, uh, over 1,000 employees uh, were in uh, 12 different uh, cities in terms of office space. Um, our footprint has grown. Um, you know, when we started out, we were really a homeowners and auto personal lines insurance company. Now we've got several different other new lines of business um, across different areas. The real key ingredient, I think, from the very beginning with Pure from its leaders was that they wanted to be different. They wanted to be, in some ways, a disruptor, Karen, um, in that we were competing with all the big players, right? Like Chubb and AIG and, and all several of the executives came from those organizations. So they, they knew um, what they didn't want to be from that standpoint. And so that's kind of where the, the idea of Pure started. It was, um, wasn't necessarily a new concept, the business model, but it was certainly a less um, common business model. And that is of what's called the, um, reciprocal exchange model, which is what Pure is. We're ultimately a reciprocal exchange um, insurance carrier where the policy holder, uh, if you have a homeowner's policy or an auto policy, is really also a owner of the reciprocal exchange. Uh, you have skin in the game, per se, right? And there's a lot of companies that don't, many insurance companies are really just stock-owned, uh, stockholder-owned companies. And that was the big differentiator for us. 
but the hope is that with the business model within Pure, we can keep premiums at a reasonable increase, not have to uh, meet the demands of all these weather changes. I'm actually a customer of Pure. <laughs> Give a little plug for Pure there. So I'm a, a member, not a policyholder, I think as, they, as you're describing. And I think the skin in the game is the exact way to explain it. And um, you feel like you're you're part of the company. I, I think it's really, it's that human customer service type of focus, it seems that you guys have, which I, I think, um, I mean, knock on wood, we haven't really needed to access our insurance or anything major, but um, I think I think that's pretty cool. And I, I think that's good for anybody listening that, you know, if they're looking at the insurance space, um, this, is, this is a good company, you know? And, and so on that note, Maybe you can explain, like, what are the different entry points if someone's looking at insurance in general, um, and maybe you can speak to your company, but like, what are the sort of entry points for someone, a, a, a young professional considering that path? Sure. Yeah. So in, in Pure, like like many insurance companies, has a, a pretty robust college graduate hiring, Karen. So, um, you know, when we started doing this 15 years ago, we had a very small college graduate class or analyst class, what we call them, really focused on one thing and one thing only, which was underwriting. And we had four analysts. Um, we now, you know, over a thousand employees, our analyst class just focused on underwriting, but it's focused on the three core um, functions within Pure or insurance, which would be underwriting. Um, claims, um, kind of the service side of insurance. So that could be either uh, on the claim side, uh, we also have what's called member advocates, which is really the first entry point for a member who goes through a claim uh, situation. On the service side would be more of the uh, the day-to-day member experience or member services side. And so those are the three, I guess, core areas that we recruit for right out of school from an entry point standpoint. And you go through a pretty, um, a pretty extensive training. We call it base camp at Pure. And so base camp consists of going through somewhere between a six and eight week, you know, intensive experience. And then also in addition to that, doing a shadow program with the team leads and the training managers to understand what it means to take a first notice of loss, for example, um, or deal with a broker who is selling pure insurance. And with that being said, we want to do it the pure way. Like we we feel like, to your point, um, we've differentiated ourselves and really are passionate about the service that we deliver. And so not, you're not just being trained on the technical side of insurance, you're being trained on the people side, the humanity side, and how you treat people as they're going through one of the more difficult things in their lives in many cases, whether it's, I mean, my goodness, look at, um, look at the hurricanes down in Florida, um, you know, probably going to be our largest event at Pure, um, because it hit came ashore right in the sweet spot of many of our members. Um, so it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be a years long process with, um, with Hurricane Ian. It's not going to be a six month process. Um, and so finding the right people who have empathy, 
the ability to talk people through a process, uh, strong communication skills, um, as well as the technical skills um, is super important. And we train on that too. And I think what you just touched upon a word that, or or a, a soft skill, if you will, that is so key across any job anyone takes, which is empathy. And it's 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 definitely a you know a, a hot button buzzword right now in in hiring because we need to have it from both sides. The the people want to see it in their company they go work for, and people the hiring companies want to see it in their employees they're they're interviewing. Yeah. And um, if you're in sales or you're in in tech, I mean you know, it might be hard to imagine for someone that's thinking, well, I'm going to be an engineer and I'm going to sit behind, a... but you need to have that to interact and have a productive collaborative environment wherever you are. So I think that was one of my questions is what, you know, what are the key skills that you look for um, in an entry level, you know, uh, employee? So I would say so communication skills, obviously empathy, um, maybe some of those underwriting analysts more analytical there must be more of an analytical role that, that it maybe is more you know the, the math mind kind of person we do and and you know so we have we have four core i guess we would call them people attributes that we look for at pure and those are empathy um intellectual curiosity um teamwork ability you know under, understanding the dynamics and the advantages of collaboration teamwork um are really, really important. And so, and then we also train people to, you know, everyone goes through EQ training. Everyone has emotional intelligence naturally, but there's ways to, um, to strengthen it. And that just helps them when they're dealing with our members. That's amazing. That's really amazing because, and I think anyone, you know, listening should kind of think about this, that when you are interviewing for companies, Keep it in mind, like, do they do that? You know, where you're in, what companies you're interviewing at, do they have this type of support and training? Um, because you're building such a foundation when you're first starting out too. And what you're giving these young professionals is is really amazing. You're, you know, you're investing in them for the long, you want them to stay and you want them to be good at what they do. So um, the EQ training is, I mean, you never would have heard that 25 years ago, right? Yeah. Um, or even maybe 10 years ago, it wasn't talked about. I want to say even five. It, w- it yeah. wasn't as commonly uh, talked about and used and trained and, and to have it be part of your training is is really amazing. Yeah, I do think the good news is that companies are, are aware of it. I think, um, you know, it's one thing to talk about wanting it as a company, and it's another thing to put your money where your mouth is and actually do it. We've also gone one step further, even more so, especially in these in these high touch kind of traumatic roles that our claims adjusters are dealing with. Is we now do trauma centered um, training for our claims adjusters. Um, so we do that. We actually we just launched that program I think last year, um, and it's really it's going to be really a great tool. You know, things are you know things are only continuing to be challenging from a weather standpoint, and I think. Um, we just are trying to get ahead of it. They're going to remember that they felt like a friend or someone they could really trust was helping them, not just some person, you know, and and that makes me think of, you know, the virtual reality that we live in so often. And, you know, what is the interview process like for your, uh, when you're interviewing candidates, 
it, do you do you do a lot of it on on you know via Zoom, FaceTime, virtual, or when do, do they actually come in in person to do an in person at some point? For the most part, we'll do a first round Zoom, you know, or Teams. If that goes well, second, third, and final rounds are typically in person if we can do it. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's unusual. Uh, it, I think that's where people are shifting back to, though. And and a lot of young people in particular, I think when you've established your career, it's great to be home because you've you've done the office thing. But, you know, the the ability to I've had a lot of young people come to me recently who started jobs. They're six months to a year in and either the company just still hasn't shifted at all to any in person and or they've sold their real estate and decided to go fully virtual which is common that's happening a lot so and they've said you know what i want an in person there's so much learning that we understand that from that day to day even if i don't think it has to be 5 days i think even 2 days 3 days in the office is going to hopefully if people can be together to learn from each other and the and the call it older more senior professionals i think can learn from the young people too it's a two way street there um, and just the camaraderie and the culture and building that. So, I mean, that's a whole nother probably podcast discussion. Okay. So, so talking about, you know, the HR function, um, and how it's evolved and, um, you know, you've recently shifted from a more traditional HR role, I guess, to, to more employee engagement development. Can you tell us a little bit more about your current role and, and, and what you're, you know, what are you currently focusing on? I know it's shifted a little bit even more. Working with, working across the organization, across the HR function um, with benefits and comp, our learning and development teams to build out programs and initiatives that really support, hopefully build engagement, right? Increase engagement. And so what things can we do as an organization to really increase that? I think where the rubber meets the road, Karen, on engagement is... The, the relationship that managers have with their people. Without that relationship being successful or healthy, engagement goes down, you know, double, uh, twofold with that particular team or that individual when their relationship with their manager is not healthy. And so, and so we, we focus a lot on that at Pure. We focus a lot on, you know, encouraging managers to allow their to be open to their employees, bringing their true full self to work. We do a lot of training around that. Um, you know, having open conversations and dialogue around trust and the fact that, you know, if you show empathy and vulnerability as a manager, the likelihood of your employees doing the same and connecting with you and doing more work, you know, healthy work for you goes up. And so, we try to build um, programs and initiatives around that and I'm involved quite a bit in that. Which is so, I just want to add in, like, it's so interesting, like people that are maybe psychology majors, communications majors, um, and it could be a variety of majors, but like that want to focus on more that learning and development versus the more traditional hiring process and benefits, et cetera, which is what most people think of when they hear HR. Um, I think that's an interesting career path. And, and really a very, you know, I think there's a lot of hiring going on in that space. Yeah, no, I think so too. And, you know, we, we you know, 
we haven't even talked about like the wellness stuff we do to support employees. So whether it's uh, gym membership reimbursements, um, but we also have this mindfulness practice that I head up creating a space for people during the day when they're stressed. It can ultimately affect outcomes, positive outcomes, because people are taking the time to decompress, really focus on their, their health and their well-being during the workday. And so we, we now have a every Wednesday at 3 p.m., um, I hold a um, company-wide meditation mindfulness practice. Um, it's been really cool. I mean, I, I've learned a lot. Um, and this week, we're actually, um, we're having a, a gentleman come in. His name is Jonathan Coral, and he is a, a sound bath meditation uh, uh, expert. And so he is trained in what's called Tibetan sound bowls. And he comes in and he's going to do a, a sound bath experience at the White Plains office next Wednesday. And hey, it's going to be really cool. Wow, that's really cool. And do you get good engagement, if you will, a good attendance? Do people participate? It's it's been great. You know, and I think I think it's um it's been organic. Like it's not been we haven't pushed it. And I think what is great about it is it's really spread by word of mouth um, from the people who participated, sharing it with others in their in their teams or their or their colleagues. Um, and it's about it's about forty five minutes every Wednesday. I love it. This is what company, you know, the modern day company does. And I, I think I noticed on your LinkedIn profile that you, in your about section, it describes your role and you say a versatile HR leader focused on making employees' lives better at work by removing the obstacles that prevent them from having their greatest impact. Like I, I wrote that down because I thought that was so just summed it all up, which is a great way to say, you know, we're really trying to, 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 to set people up for success, you know, and that's what you want in a company. You want a company that is going to set you up for success and not have you. And there are some companies that hire you and it sounds good, but the minute you get there, you're, the clock is ticking for you to almost make a mistake. So um, my last question was any other advice or tips for new grads, undergrads that are considering the path in in insurance or HR, really, I guess you could speak to both. I think maybe still that insurance just isn't really exciting or sexy or uh, whatever term you want to use. Um, I think that there's, that's a misconception. I think that if you're looking to get into a career that is both, can be both analytical, um, there's a lot to do there. So whether it be working on the product or the actuary side, where you're actually determining um, rate structures, right? Or whether it be working on data and analytics to track um, claims or to track underwriting. Uh, we do, you know, Pure, Pure is a data-centric company. So there's a lot to do there. If you're a math, you know, if you're a mathlete kind of thing, you know, and also on the, um, on the customer service side, it's a great way to, to hone in on using your, your empathetic mind, but also working on solving problems, right? So um, there's just a lot to do. And I would say on the side of HR, I think it, it's a, um, I think the, the perception of HR has changed for the better over the last 20 years, right? And I think it's not just a transactional role anymore. Um, it's a role that is, that is in the C-suite 
um, it is a role that has um, has garnered a lot of respect and admiration around um, strategy, like strategy around people and engagement. And how does that drive business results ultimately? And I think um, it's a great, you know, it's a great profession to get into. Um, and so I would highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. And and to your first point that you made at the beginning of how people are, you know, it is a C-suite. It, it's a critical part of the overall strategy of a company is who are the people that can take us to meet our goals? Who can help us reach those goals? So, and I think also in HR and people, whatever the name of the group is, you get a variety in the sense that you get to touch all parts of the company. You get a bird's eye view of the whole company and what the real, what is the company doing? Like, what is their value proposition? You know, like, what are they actually trying to achieve? What is their, their for-profit uh, you know, mission and what is their mission as a culture. So I think you, you really get to hit all of that in that function. So, um, and I think also you can, is this true? I mean, do you think that if somebody, you know, went into the HR people function in insurance or in another industry that you can switch between industries, like as well, like you made the point of you started out in more of a digital tech space and now you're in insurance. Yeah, I think so. I think it's one of the actually one of the few professions where you can do that. Perhaps technology is another place you can do that. But I think there's a little bit of a learning curve. I think the higher up proverbial ladder you go in HR, the less unlikely um, you would be to switch kind of disciplines or switch industries. But I certainly think at the entry level to mid to mid level, you can do that as many times as you want and figure out what industry you want to really work in. Yeah, I think so too. And um, you, you, and I do know someone that was in HR and in her early career in the finance space and switched over to the digital media space very easily. And so, yeah, well, this is great, Colin. I, I really appreciate your time. And I love that we really got to hit so many different areas of career paths today. So thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Launch Career Strategies helps young professionals launch in a successful and fulfilling career path. Check us out at launchcareerstrategies.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and a review. Reviews are key to helping spread the word about Top of the Pile, so it can reach other young professionals or anyone looking for advice on how to up their career game. Thanks for listening. I hope you have or are having an awesome week. I hope to connect with you next week on Top of the Pile. Thank you.